Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of Coffee with Kathy and Claire. I'm Kathy, and I'm Claire, and this podcast is all about sharing our own personal experiences and struggles with modern day parenting, and having a few laughs along the way. This show is for everyone: mums, dads, grandparents, foster parents, adoptees, everyone. It's an outlet for all your struggles and to know that you are not alone. So pop us on your Bluetooth in your car, headphones in while you're going for a walk or do what I do and wear headphones while I tackle that never-ending pile of laundry. Or just take the load off and have a coffee with Kathy and Claire. Hello and welcome back to Coffee with Kathy and Claire. I'm Kathy and I'm Claire. And um, this week we have been talking about a lot of things in the media. You see about like horrible jobs and Karens walking into jobs and giving young kids a lot of crap for you know things that aren't in their um, you know within within their control. Um, so we've been you know we a lot of people don't know that um, you actually have a full time job and yeah. you we record around your your breaks and mm-hmm. um, you know before and after work. And, um, you know, at the moment I'm, I'm a full-time stay-at-home mum because, you know, Harry with autism and there's a lot of running around. Mm. Um, but we have both been speaking about horrible jobs and we've seen a few articles out there about, you know, jobs that people were doing because they, they don't have a choice to do anything else. Um, is there a job that you have absolutely hated? Oh, my God. <laughs> I've had – because we've started talking about it, I have had – so many jobs like I couldn't even go back to my first one I feel like my first job was I think I was working in a sports hall yeah um on a Saturday and it was kind of like a school job and that was cool because I just literally used to watch Hollyoaks and do my homework yeah and then I think I worked in an antique center I loved that um learned about antiques um and then I worked I think my first one where I thought nah done with this was uh chain of stores in the UK called Wilkinson's. Retail. I don't know if you've heard them. Yeah, Wil- retail. retail. And I remember I didn't know when I had the job. I just, I don't know, I didn't like being on the till and it was very structured and I yeah. was like, oh, this is awful. And I remember like they asked me to mop the floors and I was like, no, not mopping the floors. I didn't know this was part of my job description. Yeah. And I feel like that's when I... I think I walked out of Wilco's because of a mopping of a floor. And then now I'm remembering the next job that I got was another chain called Pizza Express, which is kind of like a yeah, fancy pizza I quite place. like Pizza Express. Yeah. And um, I ended up dropping red wine over somebody <gasps> who was in like a white suit. And my job, I wasn't a waitress because clearly I wasn't very good at that. <laughs> And I, I remember her walking in, and I was the I was like the, the the greeter, if you like. Yeah. You know, you come to the door. Oh yeah, take a seat. We'll get you know. Can I get yeah. you any drinks? The hostess. Yeah, the hostess. That's exactly what my mum was yeah. actually. And then I was like, oh my gosh, that is white. I hope she doesn't order red wine. Imagine that. This was all happening in yeah. my head. And then she, she did. Ordered red wine. And yeah. so as I was taking it over, I remember thinking to myself. Don't drop it, don't drop it. Don't drop <laughs> and you, you just dropped it. You manifested that you were going to yeah. do it. And I literally just looked at her and I went, sorry. <laughs> and I walked out the door. I just walked out. Bye. And the guy was ringing me. That, 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 you know, and I just didn't answer. I just didn't. Yeah. And then I think I was like, yeah, this kind of mainstream working life isn't for me. <laughs> and, and then I buggered off to work in Greece and 
So, Fangarola and like wherever else I was working around the globe. So my first job was as a checkout chick. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, um, I was a checkout chick. Uh, it used to be Juicens, but Juicens and a bunch of other smaller supermarkets were amalgamated into IGA. You know, so the IGA is now. That's what I do, spend um, my day in Vegas. Yeah. So um, they all used to be independent. They are independent stores, but they're all under one yeah, umbrella I'm, now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I used to work there. Um, I got sacked from that job. I was there for like a year. I was. I loved my job because I was mm-hmm. working after school. I would work late on a Thursday night. I would work on an all day Saturday. I was you know, earning quite a bit of money for a, for a 17 year old, 16, 17 year old. Yeah. Um, I mean, my first tax year was I earned 14 grand and that was a lot for a 16-year-old. Um, but um, I got sacked from that job because I had the flu and my doctor wrote me a medical certificate and he wrote, okay, three days off. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. And then he gave me the certificate. And I looked at it and I went, oh, you've only written one. And he's like, oh, okay. And he changed it by hand. So then when I handed it in, they're like, you forged a medical certificate. I'm like, no, I didn't. And they're like, oh, no, but, like, we called them, and he said he only gave you one day. And I'm like, bullshit, he gave me three. Mm-hmm. And then I went into the doctor, and he's like, why did you forge the certificate? I'm like, you're the one who changed it. What the hell? You just cost me my job. And, he, yeah, he was like, oh, I'm terribly sorry. I'll call them. And I'm like, there's no point. They fired me. Mm-hmm. There's no point. I'm not going to get my job back. So, um, yeah, no, that was that was horrible. Um, and I was like a seventeen year old, so I didn't know what to do with that. You know, like now you could probably take them to industrial relations or something mm. and, and, and um and contest that. But now I was like, Oh whatever. So I've worked in a Chinese restaurant. Oh, I love Chinese. It was so because I worked out back to back with my job at the IGA and um that was hard to get to because obviously I was finishing work at six and I had to start the next one at six thirty. Mm. So it was hard and I was going from it was about half an hour between the two places, so I was, like, really cutting it fine. So if they were late getting me off the till, I was late to my second job. Um, and then I did a lot of traineeships for uh, reception and things, so through the TAFEs I did mm. some traineeships and, and that. And then um, I got made redundant. As soon as they'd get their money at the end of my traineeship, they'd get paid for training me, they would get their money back, and then I would be made redundant. So, mm. yeah, so, like, it's the same as, like, a um, a apprenticeship. Businesses get paid to have apprentices. Once the apprentices finish their apprenticeship, they don't have to take them on, but they're getting paid for having that apprentice yeah, I get what there, you, mean. you know. And then they can make it um, redundant. Yeah, so they made me redundant. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that was that's sort of my thing, like. <laughs> so, I've I missed mean, out I've worked... on redundancy twice. But the thing is, though, it's always, if they get rid of you within a certain amount of time and can't rehire they they don't rehire you but they can also don't have to pay you out they just have to pay you out any existing holidays or whatever um and i've worked for real estate companies that was my favorite job i worked for one for like three years um and i quit that one because i was on thirty thousand. And I was doing a, I was doing three people's jobs. I feel so like I that's have, what happens in that job. Yeah, I should have been doing. I should have been on about sixty k, mm. because the where I, like I started off as like an office assistant, mm. and then I started looking after like the sales administration, and then I started looking after the 
interstate guys. So I was doing all their interstate stuff and I was doing all the uh, rural, because we had a big rural branch. Mm-hmm. So I was looking after all the rural offices over in far north Queensland and mm. Sydney and things like that. All the, you know, the, um, yeah, literally the rural towns and stuff in like Dubbo and Townsville and stuff like that. Mm. And basically I went to them and I said, look, I've done some research and I, I know I'm worth more. So I'd like to say, okay, so this job, this job, and this job, all together is 120 grand. I want 60, you know, from my 30,000 that I'm on now. And I was about 23, 24, 23, 24. Sorry, I just bumped the mic. Mm-hmm. And um, they said no, straight out no. So I went and found another job and I gave them my two weeks notice on a Friday afternoon as, you know, so, and it was on a long weekend, so no one had the... No one got it until Tuesday. And um, so that's classes three days of the 14 days I had to give. And um, I got I went in on Tuesday and they pulled me into the office and they actually had the cheek to say to me, is this about the money? And I'm like, well, yes, because I have to live. And the guy who looked after the rural side, who I was working for, so I was doing half the metro side and half the rural side, and that's a little bit of a hint of the business name that I was working for um so the rural guy he actually flew over and he tore shreds off the guys for not giving me the money that he had authorized he'd authorized a a a pay rise but the the guys who are in the office that I actually worked in the office they told me no so I don't know what they did with the money but yeah, so um, and then I quit, and then it actually tanked, went under because about eight of their reps left and started their own company. Oh yeah, yeah. So it was a karma on their part. But yeah. <laughs> so have you ever had a job that you, apart from the Pizza Express job that you've just walked out of? Um. Have you ever had a job that you just went like, I can't do this another second longer? Oh, I probably have. I've probably had loads to be honest. Yeah. Like I think, um, like. <laughs> The one that I was in for a long time was when I was restricted to the a visa. So there was a lot of complications around that, uh, where I couldn't really leave because that's what was keeping me in Australia. But interestingly enough, there's times when I was treated really, really well. But, oh, mate, there were some times when I was really treated badly because yeah. of the status of my visa. And mm-hmm. they could hold that over my head and yeah. they could be quite controlling with that status of the visa. Um, and so... I didn't just leave because I couldn't because then I would have lost my visa, but I did find avenues to be able to get out because I knew that things were happening that weren't yeah. right. But, um, oh, my God, I've walked out of lots of jobs, though. <laughs> just been like, no, not for me. Some of the jobs, some of the bosses are sitting there going, oh, I remember this, who this Claire is. <laughs> yeah, I've had to really, like, I got kind of lucky, I suppose, because a lot of my work, I worked at a wicked place in the U.K., um, with a guy who I really liked working with and he would let me work for him for a bit and then travel off to Greece and then go to Thailand and then come back and kind of fill the gaps in with him. Yeah. Um, and that was a cool job. And he kind of reminded me of Ricky Gervais. He was a real funny character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I enjoyed working with him. And then in the UK, um, that's kind of my only sort of working thing that I did up until I went and come to Australia mm-hmm. and then I was sort of in and out of jobs just kind of cruising around of what yeah. I wanted to do um, and then now no I wouldn't walk out on mine now because it's kind of like 
pays the bills, doesn't it? And we yeah. do have to work. Well, you but do what, enjoy it, don't you? Yeah, but you what enjoy I enjoy it. But what I have found is that I think people are shying away from that idea of that you have to work nine to five. You know, like that rat race, and we've talked about it before, where it's like. People don't want to just make somebody else get rich. You want your own ideas of being able to live your life and follow your dreams. Whereas I think a lot of people just were almost conditioned just to get in that job, work that. You can't do that now. Well, that's, that's not that's a way exactly, we live our lives. Well, the new generation of workers, yeah. they know that these employees, employers, need them more than they need the job. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, you can say, oh... You know, um, today's generation doesn't want to work and things like that. It's not the case. There is, like, it's completely different to what it was 40 years ago when our parents were working. Yeah. You know, I mean, 40 years ago, our parents could buy a house for $90,000 on a wage of 40K. Yeah. And now that same house is $500,000 and the wages are 400 and, you know, uh, 45K. Yeah, it's not the same world. It is not the same world. Um, So I have here a couple of things saying um, people who quit their jobs on the first day, what was your I'm out of here moment? So I'm going to read a few of these. Mine would have been definitely the the, the pants. Had to mop the floor. Yeah, had to mop the floor. And then also spilling. Oh, yeah, the wine. Yeah, that's probably the biggest one. Yeah, I reckon. yeah. No. <laughs> um, okay. I interviewed for a retail sales position with one of those job placement companies. And on my first day, I realized it was a door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman job based on commission only. Oh, paint and switch. I vacuumed my grandma's house with the display model they gave me while she made French toast and then I quit. <laughs> At least um, got the French toast out of it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I was a new chef. I stepped into a failing walk-in cooler with two inches of standing chicken blood on the floor. Mm. Yuck. Mm. Yuck. Um, this one was, I was a rookie driver, barely a year into it. They handed me my bills, so as in the invoices he needed to do, and told me I had to run Toronto, LA, Toronto in seven days. I asked how I was meant to do that because it's a very long drive. The safety guy handed me a bottle of amphetamines, told me my logs were already (laughs) filled out. I walked out. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, just get yourself all junked up and... (laughs) Actually, interestingly enough, cab drivers around here, I don't want to get anyone into trouble, but how many people have been in the cab and been like, mate, you're off your nut? Like, (laughs) what do you want? I know. Um, I took a job as a kitchen assistant in a fairly busy restaurant. From how they described it, I'll be assisting chefs, maybe clean a bit, all things done before working in a restaurant. Well, the first shift came and they pointed me to the pile of dirty dishes and a large metal sink. I cleaned dishes for hours, and when I tried to go to the bathroom, I got screamed at to ask permission first. I'm a 22-year-old woman. Like, fuck, am I asking someone's permission to go and piss? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was hired for a customer service position that ended up being standing in a small kiosk trying to get leads from randos walking by for sales. I was there for two hours before I went to the restroom and never came back. Yeah. <laughs> I hate sales jobs. See, that's, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I've been in sales pretty much for, for my whole career, I suppose, in some way, way, shape or form. Yeah. But I think it all depends on what you're selling, because if you believe in the product, then it's not really that difficult. Yeah. But I would have walked out of a job if I'd have been like, well, this is a load of shit. And then I probably just wouldn't have continued to do it, yeah. Well, I 
one of my favorite jobs was when I worked at Outback Jacks. So it's the same as very similar to Outback Steakhouse in the UK, uh, in in the uh, in uh, US, and I think in the UK it's very similar to like it used to be called. Um, it was like an Aussie steakhouse. I there. don't remember. Um, I think I think the chain is closed over there. Mm. However. Um, one of my favorite jobs is because I was like on this meat counter. So basically you walk in, you get your table, you go up to order at the meat counter and you get to choose your piece of steak inside cabinet, which looks like a big butcher cabinet. So one of my favorite jobs was doing that because I got to make it look beautiful. Mm. (laughs) You know, all this fresh meat with lots of green parsley. So it looked really pretty. And, and then I could be like, um, Oh, so you want a uh, a T-bone steak, so would you like a sauce with that? So I'd upsell. And I took the yeah. price per person from about $22 a head to $45 a head within about three months. And I had the guys flying over from Queensland going, how did you do that? Can you teach us how to do that? And I don't think sales like that is hard to do because it's, it's, um, it's the chicken or fish method, isn't it? So you're like, do you want chicken? That's a yes or oh, no I question. Go, I could go into do like, you want chicken or fish, and that's a yes or no, or like yeah. oh you know because I they're I've called, heard you. they're called open ended and closed yeah, questions. So you right. would ask open ended questions. I've been in sales my whole life. I've had heats of these yeah. training. Yeah, so yeah. so that's exactly you know, and yes. I but no matter how many times I tried to train the guys, um I couldn't seem to pass it on. So they they kind of put it down to like personality wise. Oh, so you know you're buying a steak with a sauce already built into the price. Would you like another one so you can dip your chips on it? Mm-hmm. You know, would you like to buy, you know, and so I was just jacking up the prices, you know. Yeah. And, oh, you have an a, amazing steak with it. Can I recommend this red wine with it? And it's called upselling, yeah. Oh, yeah, God, yeah. And um, that was my favourite, one of my favourite jobs. And I only left that job was because they changed owners and um, they decided to reduce my hours and stuff. So I was on like full time, mm. you know, 50 grand. And then they came in and said, oh, no, we're putting you back to being a casual because it's not, you know, good good for us for you to be on a full timer. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's going to cost you more per hour because my hours didn't drop. Yeah. So I was getting paid five bucks more an hour, but my hours didn't drop. But I didn't have the security of having sick pay and holiday leave and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard like you know but like I said with sales jobs I was in a sales job and I was working for an entertainment company and this is one of those ones where you ring up and say oh hey um I would really like to book a clown for my child's birthday party um and I was the assistant to the director and I was under the impression when I took the job that I didn't need to do sales I was just doing all her paperwork and then my job evolved to where I was doing the majority of her sales as well as her paperwork as well. Mm -hmm. And um, I was starting to mess up because I was so overwhelmed with all of a sudden I had to do all of this stuff. No, we're talking early 20s again. Um, And, yeah, I just wasn't prepared to be Mm. a salesman. So I lasted probably – I lasted uh, about 14 months. Mm. Yeah, maybe uh, six months after the the job changed. So, well, they do that all the time. Jobs just change, don't they? Which is if it's difficult to adapt to change if you don't really want to. And I've been in that position many a times when I've been working, particularly in sales. When they go, "Oh, we're going to do this." I remember one job that I was in actually. 
um, and it was selling holidays. And they had this, he was a real cool geezer, actually, that come in. I did quite like him. And I forget his name, but he was the boss. Um, and it wasn't that long ago. It was my last job that I had in the UK. And he come from a brokerage background, you know? So, yeah. like, stock markets and whatnot. And at one stage, he was like, okay, we're going to have the power hour, where everyone had to stand up and really sell the holidays. Do you know what I mean? Oh. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and Cool's like... I was like, just, no, I'm not doing it. And everybody was like, I don't know how I got away with it, but in the end it was like power hour for everybody except for Claire, you know. But I was like, nah, don't like change, not that type of change. I'm selling all of these. I'm not in Wall Street. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But then my, like you say, when you're talking about personalities, I guess a lot of people could either be in trouble for that and gotten the sack or whatever. Um, Or the other thing would be that perhaps they would just do it because... They felt like they had to. But for me, I was just like, no, um, I had to have sass in that respect. If I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. But because I was good at yeah. my job and also I enjoyed the yeah. job because I did believe in what they was doing. Um, and I believed in what I was potentially giving to the public. Do you know what I mean? But at yeah. the same time, I was like, yeah, I'm not I'm not going to do that. <laughs> well, we're talking about personalities. So when I first started this job, my boss was actually on leave. And so I had a whole month without my actual boss. So I was being trained by the girls in the office. Mm. Um, and that was pretty cool. And, and like, it was pretty cool and quite, um, uh, what do you call it, like cruisy. Yeah. You know, uh, I did a few things on top of my job that, you know, the, the last assistant hadn't done and you know so when my boss came back she was really happy but in that month I had a lot of people calling and going oh are you the new assistant I'm like yeah and he's like have you seen the devil wears Prada and I'm like the movie and he's like yeah have you seen that one and I'm like yes and he was like yeah take a few notes from that because that's what your boss is like and I'm like are you serious and he was like yep and then literally the first day she was due back the girls came to me and they're like you're not allowed to wear perfume because she doesn't like the smell of perfume so you have to wear makeup every day to the office even though we weren't a face-to-face position with anybody she wanted me to wear full face of makeup um and I couldn't wear any perfume or deodorant to work and we're talking about a stuffy office with no no windows so like it, it, i was hot um but i had to be dressed in a full suit um and it was yeah it was pretty it was pretty <laughs> intense like but like for this first month like everyone was cruisy they were all wearing perfumes and they were all like coming in looking like they just rolled out of bed and then when she came back from her from her holiday everyone was like okay so this is how it has to be now because she's back and then like we'd have a girl who would see her drive in and she'd text the rest of us that she was here like it was it was mad like like yeah literally so as she was coming in the front door the front receptionist would go be like good morning and then she'd like oh hi and then she would text the rest of us at the back of the office saying she's here so we would all be like, oh, quick, you know, yeah. make sure there's no, you know, everything's everything's all good. It's funny, actually, when you speak about bo- bosses and, you know, how they, how they, I guess, lead. But when I was thinking about the two, there's two in particular of, like, bosses that I've had. And one was just, like, led by fear almost. And yeah. the other one led with respect. And I still think about the one from respect yeah. in a real nice light. So yeah. it would be interesting if those who are in leadership positions kind of got to the point where they understood that if you 
you know, almost like happy wife, happy life. It's like happy staff, yeah. happy, happy, well, happy staff environment you, for like working. Your, your you know? staff is your sales force. You know, um, if I had been more prepared to have been a, more sales oriented in that particular job, I loved that job. It was great. They did amazing things for us at Christmas. On our birthdays, we got extra days off. We got extra RDOs off every month. You know, everybody mm. had a rotating RDO during the month. So you can always, everybody would get a long weekend. Um, it was a great job and she was a lovely, she was a lovely boss. Um, it's just that, you know, I wasn't prepared to be a salesperson. You know, I was an, I was an admin assistant or I was her, the assistant to the, to the director. I wasn't, do you know what I mean? So Mm. I wasn't really prepared to be in sales. And then it was really funny because I went straight from that job to the, um, the Outback Jack's um so I was back so straight back into hospitality. Yeah. And that was one of my favorite jobs and I was doing almost exactly the same thing, but it mm. wasn't on a corporate level, it was on a personal level with the, you know, customers mm. and stuff. So yeah, it was it was a different job, but yeah, it was just really funny that the different type of sales. Yeah. You know, so basically rather than emails and quotes and things like that, I did better face to face. Yeah, I mean in in terms of What's it, what do you call it? Retail. Retail. I can't stand retail. So retail in fact, yeah, yeah, retail yeah, I can't yeah. stand it. I've tried that. I've worked in retail as well. I don't enjoy it. But, you know, um, like, you know, in a shop or whatever or in a restaurant, the only time that I've actually enjoyed working in, in a, what do you call it? Public? You just said what it was called. Public. No, not it, public. Hospitality. Hospitality, The only yeah. time I've enjoyed working in hospitality was when I was working in a pub. I loved that. I love working in a pub. I I've worked every, off of working in a pub. One of my favourite jobs, another one of my favourite jobs, I work for one of the, you know the Thistle Hotel chain no. in the UK? No. So there's a, a, a hotel chain, it's like Holiday Inn and stuff, it's mm. called Thistle, and I work for them in pool, in pool. so it's at the end of the high, mm. uh, end of the quay, and we had so many amazing different people coming in, staying from the ferry from France, people coming in from Scottish and Southern uh, yeah. electric and stuff and they were coming down from scotland and yeah, nice. staying with us and that was one of my favorites and you have your favorite people who come in every week or come in every month and i was like oh these are amazing people and i only left i only left that job because i was i got pregnant that's that's funny because with the when you're talking about the locals that's kind of the pub vibe that i really loved i was like working with the locals yeah. so i worked in one um a place called sorbidgeworth in the uk um and the landlord there was a real funny dude as well. He ended up going to a place, another another place, and I ended up going and working there as well. But it was all just, I think these are the type of jobs as well for me, which were just shaping up to work out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Which turns out is podcasting. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're you know. a talker, aren't you? I do love a talk. So you're yeah. a talker. So, no, I, I yeah, I know. It's, it's really interesting. And also, I think that it's not so much podcasting. I think it's... I've got a really itchy nose. So I've I noticed keep, that. If I yeah, can't stop scratching off, it. <laughs> no, it's just, I don't, know but, what, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Someone's going to stick yeah, their nose in my exactly. business maybe or but something. I, but, I was, um, about, yeah. I was going to say, it's not, it is the talking side of it, but I'm also fascinated about people's minds and how the minds work. Like I no, like but, the psyche of others and so that's more what I meant. <laughs> no, but I, I mean that you're, you're setting yourself up to be a public figure, aren't you? So you're setting yourself up to be Claire, you know. Not well, I am already Claire. Claire. But you know, but like, you know, you know like life coaching or something yeah. like that is what you want to do. Well, I'm going on a journey of working out how other people structure themselves and, um, you know, there'll be a lot of uh, – the engagement will be around 
the types of things to do with mental health, well-being and definitely neurodivergency because there's a massive interest there for me of like how that all works. Yeah. And I like to pick other people's minds who are experts in the field. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that. That's the yeah, that's the goal. But job wise at the moment, even the job that I'm doing now, I will speak mostly to um find out what other, what people's thoughts are on it like yeah. oh, what do you think about this do you know what i mean i'm yeah. kind of interested it's to know people's personality yeah it is personality yeah and that's why i think make a really good salesperson so that's why i think i was better face to face um like I've, I've tampered down a little bit since i've had the kids and things i've become a little bit more introverted than i used to be mm. um but that's just i think that's me getting in my own head with yeah. everything that's going on with with mr harry and you know all the, the autism diagnosis and things and that's kind of like made me take a step back and i'm like what do i really want so that's, yeah. I'm, I'm on that journey trying to figure out what i want to do and what you know everything so mm. so we have a couple more of these okay okay and then I... I'll tell you something what I found, but go on. Okay. So uh, I went into a Mexican restaurant with the idea that I was going to be a cook. I found out very quickly I was a dishwasher right after quitting another dishwasher job a week before that that I hated. I bet that happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a bait and switch. You, you're going to come in and you're going to be like mm, the assistant to the director and you're, and you're just like a floor mopper. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know I love that. Yeah. On top of that, I had non-slip shoes on and the restaurant had – slick ass tile in the back that i had it had me skating i walked out within an hour um <laughs> this temp job right out of college during the training phase i was told if i made an error i would get yelled at by the boss and the boss's boss and the owner of the company i assumed it was a joke and they didn't laugh and he didn't laugh so i told him it was going to be a bad fit and i walked out yeah like why would you want to be screamed at you know my sister my dad took about six weeks to help my sister find a job as a chef Right, she yeah. wanted to be an apprentice chef. She wanted to do this real badly. My dad was like, "Cool, that's awesome." This is before she had her kids, and um, she he got her this job at the Queens. Have you ever been to the Queens in Mount Lawley? Oh, beautiful yeah, like old pub, yeah, beautiful like old pub. Yeah. And he got her a job there as an apprentice. And she went in, and she was all done up, and she assumed that you know they're going to show me the ropes and they're going to do everything and stuff. The first shift, all the chef did was just scream at. All the different chefs, like he was screaming all the time. Isn't that them. what the chef's job is? I'm no, just but there's chefs but... that don't. You don't have to scream at people. <laughs> I don't know, I've watched Ramsey. And she was, she was. But the thing is, so Ramsey isn't like his, his is a his is a personality. It's a personality. If you've seen him on MasterChef Kids and stuff, he's so gentle and he's a really nice guy. Even on MasterChef America, he's a he's he's not that type of person. That's his that's his job. That's his um, persona that he plays. Whereas chefs that have to scream at their people at their staff aren't great head chefs you know if you have to sit there and feel like you have to ramsey go gordon ramsey on them then you're not you're not a you're not a great chef and she went home at the end of the shift and she was traumatized and she Mm. was like i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to be a chef if that's what i'm going to get treated like for the next four years until i become a proper chef so she walked she didn't go back and then we're like where's the apprentice well, she's not coming back because you're a, not a very nice person. Yeah, you know. So yeah, I think yeah, it, it's it's it all depends on what kind of people they are. <laughs> yeah, what kind true. of people? Okay. So let's have a look. So what were you going to tell us? Oh no, I I was interested to see what 
the perception of the people would be for the worst jobs. So I did a bit of research into individual preferences and circumstances, but what jobs are considered challenging? And I put them into factors like um, the physical demands or the pay and things like that. So yeah. they basically went into a category of um, job satisfaction and what one person considers the worst job, though, this could also be the most rewarding for another. So I'm just saying, like yeah. this, but this is like a generalised. <clears throat> so like sanitation worker, which involves handling wastes and working in potentially unsanitary conditions was considered as not a great job to have. No, for... So are we talking about the garbage man? Or are we talking Anything about to do with cleaning? that. It could be a garbage, garbage man, but it could be someone who goes and empties all of the needles out of a... Yeah. You know, it's just anything well, to do with that. Tampon people who yeah. go and empty the tampon bin, whatever yeah, they, it may they be. Don't, they don't touch the tin, they don't touch inside Well, you'd hope bin, not. <laughs> no, they just literally just switch the bins out. But um, that's, that's funny you say that because um, my ex-husband had a choice during COVID to either go FIFO, chef, or he could work for Transperth cleaning the trains. Yeah, so in the hospital. That would be. That and he would was be like, the... "No, it's a there's a pandemic. I don't want to be cleaning the trains and and mm-hmm. going and cleaning at the hospitals." So. But the PPE would have been massive, so yeah, it would have been mm-hmm. fine. But that's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. his perspective was this, no. this is what it. <laughs> so the other one was a coal miner because that can be dangerous and physically demanding with exposure to some very harmful substances. Yeah. So you can kind of get that. But telemarketer often involves repetitive, intrusive cold calling and dealing with rejection. I did that for many years. Yeah. But it is true because I remember I worked at a place, I think they're dead now, Dialophone or whatever it was. But honestly, that place was carnage. It was in the middle of London and we used to, me and a friend of mine would get the train in or she would drive, I think, actually, come to think of it, I think she would drive. Um, And that was the job where literally it was just a call cycle. So you'd have a headset on your head and then the beep would go and you were talking to Betty trying to sell her a phone when I think about it now and it was like all scripted so you had to do it as scripted like oh my gosh but I was was all right (laughs) see I've worked for an incoming call center so people ringing in saying hi my electricity bill is you know Two hundred dollars more than I expected mm. it to be. Can you have a look at that? Yep, sure, That's ma'am. More I would do service. that. Yeah, but it was incoming calls, and when they tried to make me go outgoing calls, where I would call old customers to try and get yeah. them to come back, I was like, no, thank you. See, I, I didn't. Ha- I would literally. I kind of feel like I was the only person who worked in that job with some form of morals because if it wasn't old person that I felt could be taken advantage of, I yeah. wouldn't do the call. Yeah. I would hang up and take the next one. Um, but then I suppose they were my values and I can tell you now yeah. that is not how most people do it. I no. remember a sal- I remember a salesman. My nan and granddad got burgled. So I said to them, right, on your insurance, nan and grandma had gotten burgled. I said, on your insurance, you can get your front door replaced because obviously that had been broken and some bloke from the double glazing had come around and basically they already had double glazing and he sold them the whole house to be done and all they needed was the front door yeah so uh, of course that sort of salesperson is an absolute arsehole there's a thing um solar panels at the Mm. moment here and roller shutters if they get you the roller shutter people get your number they will hound you <laughs> until you threaten to go to the ACCC and say, these people are completely harassing me now. It's just easy, though, because when they knock on my door, first of all, I usually say to them, I don't envy you, mate. This is a really tough job. I, I don't own this house. 
So yeah, yeah and, I say and I'm that's a renter, it. Yeah. But like, it is a tough job. And when you look at these little lads that they're nine times out of ten, this is probably their first ever job. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, then moving on to the next one, which I find really funny. I've done telemarketing and a fair bit of it over the years. And then Nathan is on the oil rig. <laughs> so they have said that an oil rig worker has a demanding physical labour and isolation from family for extended periods of time, which is true. Yeah. Obviously, 28 days on. Um, and then they get to fill the cup for 28 days and then go back to the isolation. Yeah. But when you really break that down, actually, because we talk about this a lot, and I've been doing some work on it just to understand it from Nathan's perspective, yeah. like when he's out on the oil rig, and you've got to remember, this is a very alpha, male-dominated, there's mostly men on there. So there's a hell of a lot of testosterone and a very small radius. Yes. And also the isolation, because I didn't really understand it until I had like an awakening or an awareness watching my kids do something and it was real funny and it was real it was it was joyful to watch them whatever it was they was doing yeah. and in that moment I was like okay yeah these are the moments that you are missing out on and you could because you were aware but for a whole month yeah you're missing out on that and it's huge yeah so the mental load of doing that job I can I can definitely see that there would be some Huge. I just can't believe it's been a month. He's back again. Well, we we was talking about go? this the other day. I feel like with this type of lifestyle, it's so fast paced. Because yeah. I'm trying to slow things down. Yeah, but but I mean, for four weeks, you're in your own little bubble, and you're like, okay, kids to school, go to work, podcast, mm. research, mm-hmm. weekend, kids to school, podcast, research, yeah. you know, weekend, and yeah. then. All of it a sudden, just, he's it, back. it goes really quick. I mean, yeah. he's been back a week tomorrow. Is it already? A week tomorrow, and it does. It just goes so quick. So that's another adding adding on, isn't it? It's just the life become your life becomes very fast. Yeah, and it goes very quickly. I mean, the fact that we're even in September just blows my mind. Um, yes. Number five was a janitor. Because apparently that's typically low pay and often involves cleaning up after others. I mean, who wants to do that? Well, I think <laughs> um, here in Australia, I think that obviously with minimum wage mm. um, and things like that, like the minimum wage for an adult for almost any job is like over 20 bucks an hour. So, yeah. you know, with, but like I don't know if it's an American job. Well, yeah, I think it is. It's like a Janet would be a caretaker, isn't it? Yeah. So you could be on a school, be quite a handy little job, seeing all the kids morning, you know. Yeah. Some people would love that. Great job for yeah. them. Yeah. Um, a sewer inspector involves going oh. into confined, potentially handled spaces. Yuck. Yeah, because that is literally, you're just swimming in shit. And piss. So I would say, I'd like to know if anybody would find that one of a really good job to I have. I think that would curiosity. be like... That would be maybe a last minute, or yeah. last second, last ditch effort to get a job. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I know that there's probably some people who have made some amazing careers in it because no one wants to do a career in that. Well, you don't but, know. This is the point. Somebody yeah. would probably love swimming around in shit. <laughs> you don't know. That's the point. And <laughs> um, this one kind of, I was quite shocked at this one because farm worker. But I hear a lot of people saying stuff like, oh, I, you know, we're thinking of a farm. We're thinking of buying a farm or we're going to go out to the farm. But apparently, yeah, number seven, physically demanding, long hours and exposure to elements. Um, consent considered dangerous. I don't know. Well, well I suppose I, tractors and stuff. I would dangerous? love to have a hobby farm um, where I could actually, you know, have the kids have this massive. 
property. I'm going to mm. sneeze. No, you are. Um, this is massive property where they can they can be free range kids and have some a couple of bits of livestock things yeah. like that. I have a couple of friends who have a hobby farm in like the the hills, rural hills here. That's what I mean. And they. Like it's a full time job to be on. She's got four kids, and yeah. she's got a full time job to be on this on this farm. But that's what I'm saying. So, but that was considered a potentially this all in the eye of the beholder, right? Because I think a lot of people would love that. Okay, toll booth operator. I don't even think that they would be in existence anymore, would they? Toll booth. Most most are. I would say they're like those cards that you put on that's your car I mean. and that. But yeah, pest control technician. Well, I've used pest control technician and mm. he loves his job mate he is yeah. all over it yeah. he absolutely buzzes off of it and i love him because he gets rid of all the nasty little spitters that want to come in and sleep at the end of my bed you know <laughs> um, there was a spider behind you before oh, don't, <laughs> don't tell me that called. oh my gosh oh there it is there oh uh! um so yeah my it's not um, got red on it has it uh, or white no no um, my friend in the UK, she is a fire inspector. So she a can walk, a fire inspector. Yeah, that's cool. So though, she isn't can it? walk in to any establishment and be like, oh, that's the wrong um, fire extinguisher. Yeah. And I've done those, training on this. And those sprinklers are the wrong type for mm-hmm. this type of establishment. And I'm like, can you switch off? We're just yeah. here to get our nails done. Exactly. And she's like, I can't help it. That's, that's that. Well, and, and it is interesting, isn't Hi, it? Hi, Kelly. Because, hang on a second. That spider is going really close to my staff. Do you, do you mind catching right, it? Hang on. Let's give it. Hang, give us two seconds. We're just going to get rid of the spider. And it's gone. Not not because it had anything to do with you being gone. It was me who got rid of it. No, you no, just sat there telling me. You can don't squish it. it. No, I don't want to kill it. <laughs> no, if you squish it, then I'm going to go find it. No, I'm not going to squish it. I'm just going to put it in this cup. Get in the cup. It's only one of them jumping ones. Yeah, it just wants to I eat was you. Like, Where's it going? <laughs> so anyway, maybe that is something I could look into. Pest control technician, because clearly I'm good at it. <laughs> yeah. I got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I'm not a massive fan of spiders, though, so I think maybe that one's off the cards 100%. Oof. Last one, apparently... I guess this is like just a fisherman. So a fisherman. No, Not I'm, a fisher them. No. <laughs> a fisherman. But I mean, okay. I, I would be assuming that it's something like deadliest catch where they're out in the middle of the, the ocean and it's dangerous and you yeah. know, big trawlers and things. Well, yeah. I mean, but this one specifically says Alaskan king camp, king yes. crab fisherman. Literally. And I suppose that's, that's on because, deadliest catch. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And that's because they're in the extremely dangerous, one of the coldest places in the world in turbulent waters. Yes. So ultimately, you know, I love that that's show. what they say would be considered. But I guess it's important for us to note that people may find fulfilment in these jobs and view them as either something that they love to do or stepping stones into better opportunities because, you know, that's the whole point. But... The whole point is that job satisfaction can vary wildly. Like, and what one person considers the worst job, yeah. another person considers rewarding. It's like when you yeah. were talking earlier about the meat and stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, literally, I was gagging. <laughs> <laughs> because, A, I don't like the smell of raw meat. It makes me feel physically sick. Really? Yeah. I, you know, like, if you go into a butcher's, I'm like, hey, yeah. how quickly can I get out of here? <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not like, mm, yes, this is great. I just want to get in. Get that big bad boy steak. Get out again. Do you know know what one of the worst things about that job was? If there was a blown bag. So a blown bag is when, you know when you have like milk that's gone off in the bottle and you know the bottle feels very tight. 
and you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't open this bottle. Yeah. You know, a bottle of, like, actual bottle of milk that goes in your yeah, fridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have gone off overnight or whatever. It's and, got lumpy. Ooh. Oh, yeah, but, like, Stinks. The, it actually feels tight. Like, the bottle isn't... I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to level with you. I don't think I've ever... <laughs> no, okay, so, like, people yeah. who would have had off milk in their, in their fridge or, yeah. or, like, something go off, like, a, a bag of cheese or something, you know that the, the packaging expands. Oh, okay. Right, with the, with the growth of the bacteria or whatever's in there. Sometimes you pull a bag out to open it, and because they're all like vacuum sealed bags, mm. you sometimes you pull a bag out and it would be slightly loose, and you'd be like, "Oh, this should be okay." And you open it, and it's the worst smell in the world. It's like yeah. a dead body, and I'm just like, "Because you know dead body smells." <laughs> well, actually, saying that on there, there's no coroner, no, there's no funeral home worker, no. There's, there's none of that kind of thing on there. Yeah, which is interesting. But the thing is, though, is I suppose those who do work in the morgue and things like that, yeah. they have a – whenever you meet somebody – I've only ever met one person who used to do the makeup, but yeah. really they love their job. There is a few that I have followed on TikTok, and there's a girl, and she is freaky. She's uh, – like, freaky is in a good way. Mm. So she, she has – you know, she's goth. So she's got the black hair, she's got the tattooed eyebrows, she's got the beautiful makeup done, mm. and she wears the real pretty, like, or like almost like Wednesday Adams type mm-hmm. I know clothing. Exactly. Yeah. And she is, she, you know, she does like a day in the life of a, a morgue worker, and, and it's like, it's crazy. Like, she's a crazy as in she loves her job. Yeah, there's you know? loads of and jobs it, when you're thinking about it now, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. Like even ones like, you know, you, you said the other day you had a stool sample. There's someone yeah. who's got to go through that. Yes, I know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. They have to do that. That's that's their job. Yeah, it's a lab tech. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> mm, delicious. Um, but yeah, I mean, even even the people who, uh, the phlebotomists, take your blood. Mm. I mean, could you imagine if you had a squeamish stomach about blood? Yeah, I think I'd be all right. It's funny. I think I'd be fine about fine, like finding the vein and taking the blood. But if I see, like, an open wound or anything like that, even being a nurse, I've got so much respect yeah. and admiration for, like, surgeons, nurses, anybody who works in that type of field. Oh, yeah. like of, Because even for me, like, a nosebleed is a bit... <laughs> well, I can patch my own kids up. No, like, even then, I can, I'm like... Like, so, like, I've, you know, my kids have been gashed and, you know, Harry's smashed his face and you've seen the photos, and, you know, he's, mm. he's gouged his face on, he tripped over at a play centre and hit his head on a step. Yeah. And it gouged his face. So he was bleeding everywhere. So I had to climb up like two stories of, of you know, um, ladders and stuff to get to him. And then I had to tuck him into me and pull him, get him all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and then we just drove him straight to the hospital. Everyone's like, how did you just drive so calmly and stuff? He's bleeding from the head. I you you got and I'm like, I, I just went into the zone. I've got to get him you to do. the hospital. Um you know, but then like my my other son, he's cut his leg before, and I'm like, oh, okay, let's patch you up. And my nana was like, oh, let's patch you up, you know, because she's gouged her leg by accident or whatever. And um, but if I came across like somebody else who needed to be done, I don't know how I would be. Like sometimes seeing things on the TV makes my stomach go blah. Oh, I'm you asked Nathan. I literally watch a lot of shows, and it could be that there's just like a real violent beat up scene and I'm like oh I don't like that I watch it and I, I mean through peaked fingers yeah so you can see what I'm doing <laughs> yeah. now I put both my fingers over my eyes I actually squint my eyes as well yeah, just like, for that little Ooh. bit of extra yeah. not be able to see and I say to Nathan 
tell me when it's over, even though I can kind of see it a tiny little bit to know like the change of the scene. But I just can't watch it. My partner has a fear of needles. So when he was 16, he had he was in a massive accident. He was he was hit by a car on his bike and he was knocked across three lanes of traffic and hit by another car. So he was critical, critical. And he's got a massive um, scar from his knee to his hip. It's like, you know, two inches mm. thick from where it's been. You know, you can see where the staples went. You can see where he had the pipe um, going into his lungs yeah. to keep his lungs going and stuff. All the drains and all of that. He is terrified of needles. Yeah. Terrified. It's 48. Absolutely terrified of needles. Like you see something on, you see it? something on the TV, or you know someone's injecting something or whatever. Like they pull a needle out, and he's like, "Get it off, get it off!" And he's terrified. Like, and I'm on a, I'm on medication. I have to inject myself every week. And he's like, "Let me know when you're going to do that, so I'm not around." You know, because yeah. even though it's like only like a sixty six mil millimeter needle, it's tiny, but he's still like, I "Can't do it." So, yeah. like, could you imagine him being in a job that he has to, like, draw blood or something? Like, exactly. There's no that's way what I mean. he could do it. And I guess that's, like, you know, if we just sum it up now, like, the jobs, they all play, like, a crucial role in our lives, right? We we have to shape our financial stability, personal satisfaction, and overall, I guess, well-being. You know, yeah. if you're going out and, and working is something that does that for you. And then, you know, some jobs are considered challenging and less de- desirable, if you like. But then... When it comes to the definition of a good or a bad job, then really that's just greatly among the individual, isn't it? Because careers and opportunity like within employment need to align with what you want, what your interests are, what your values are, what you get satisfaction from. Yeah. And so, you know, this is why, just to sum it all up, it's not a bad thing to walk out on one if it ain't for you. No. <laughs> Do you know what? I've always said to... Any of my partners, especially my, my husband, my ex-husband, if you wake up in the morning, if you wake up in the morning <laughs> and, well, it's, it, we got divorced in December. It's, it's still fresh. Um, um, if you wake up in the morning and you do not want to go to your job and you're like, I would rather be hit by a car today than go to my job, then that's the time to change you know, don't be somewhere that you absolutely hate because that's going to, you know, increase your stress. It's, you, you know, you're, you're going to be horrible, you know, to, to your family. You're not going to be a very nice person to be around, especially if you're doing something you absolutely hate just because you need a paycheck. You can always change your circumstances. And we want to hear what you guys think. Yeah. We want to hear um, what you guys think. What's your worst job and what's your best job? Yeah. And you know? like if you are in that sort of zone of finding meaningful work that suits your circumstances or indeed more so your preferences of like what you want to do so yeah nice Nice. yeah so yeah let's hear it leave it on our socials we'll pop a post up so um thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time Bye. bye thank you for listening guys you can find us on all the socials including facebook instagram and tiktok Just search for Coffee with Kathy and Claire and make sure that you follow and subscribe. Love you all. Bye. Bye.